Hi everyone, and welcome to the 76th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. And Sabrina! Hi! She's back! Yay, I'm back. she's back! I'm sorry I missed out on the broadcast on Valentine's it's okay. Day. It- <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You're back. We had a, That's all we had a good romantic conversation. Did you guys buy each other flowers? <laughs> It was it was a good episode. I actually got a lot of good feedback uh, from you know a lot of fans that listen to the show. They really liked it. They liked our very serious, totally normal, super serial between two guys. Unlike, unlike last year. Oh, uh, <laughs> you guys have like a heart to heart on the podcast? No, we basically discussed uh, the role of romance in the Kingdom Hearts series and what we think. Yeah, romance it wasn't like in the too future. over the top. It wasn't like last year where it was like getting super personal and awkward <laughs> and awkward <laughs> intentionally, of course. So why, why wouldn't we, why wouldn't awkwardness be intentional? It's always intentional. Well, because awkwardness um, is always a part of us. Definitely. Definitely. I have, I have a confession to make though. <gasps> I have, I have a new obsession. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Oh no. <laughs> Not again. Oh God. So if, if you're keeping score at home, Last two years ago, I had an obsession. It was called Persona 4, The Golden. And that's awesome. My recommendation still stands. If you like video games, you should play Persona 4. And it's Sabi, fun. you just finished Persona oh 4. Oh my god. I don't even want... Oh. I still so haven't finished. Sebi agrees. Chiro, it was really Chiro, good. You need to catch up. Yeah, you I've, I've been watching Persona 4 anime. <laughs> okay, that's that's a good good start. No, we don't experience it. Okay, I'm gonna... Should I explain, like, the bad person that I am? Okay. Okay. You saw the whole anime and then you finished the game. Yeah, well that yeah. and also like I dated four girls in the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Persona lets you do that. You are so evil. I... Those poor okay. ladies. It's... Look, Listen, it's, it's if I can't do it in game, yeah, you, you gotta have to at least try. I'm not... I, Me in real life, I'm not a cheater. I would never do that. That is something that is a big no. But in a game... You kind of want to figure out what would happen. You're like, hmm. So let's uh, let's date every girl. Okay, let's be honest. Let's let's be honest though. The way the way Persona Four girls handle it is very very professional. They are not like real girls. They make you feel bad. Oh yeah. They handle it a lot better than real girls do. So just disclaimer: don't actually do that and expect real life to happen as nicely as it does in. (laughs) persona yeah because um i think the only part that really got to me was valentine's day ironically that's that's yeah that's really the only time they it got so awkward but it was good i i like beat the entire game and got like the true good ending so super happy about that it's one it's one of those games where it's like you think it's over but no no you see no go vote go back if they say are you sure you want to finish say no yeah, you say no. Go, go back. You missed something. I don't care what you think. You missed something. So it's one of those games. Yeah. My second obsession, which was last year, was Phoenix Wright. I also recommend that a lot. It's a very okay. fun game. My current obsession. Dun, 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 dun. Xenoblade Chronicles oh. on the Wii. Hey, that's not bad at all. Yeah. So I just so I actually did give Xenoblade a try a long time ago. Couldn't get into it, but I decided to give it another chance. I'm playing it on emulator because everything looks better on emulator, and you know it's like playing an HD remaster of a game that never got it. So super awesome. And if I were to describe Xenoblade in like a you know elevator pitch, it's basically 
Final Fantasy X, cross with Final Fantasy XII, cross with Monster Hunter, but good. Is that is that game available? Like, if you buy the Wii U, can you buy it on the Wii Store? <sighs> I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think it's. I think it's real hard to get on Wii U. I, I think it's really hard to get the Wii version. The mm-hmm. new 3DS is coming out, and there's going to be uh, the new three new 3DS version of it, which is an exclusive to the new 3DS. Yeah. Wow. So Nintendo one? really knows how to get us to spend our money on. Every yeah, little exactly. little tiny upgrades they have on. Did you guys get a new 3DS? I'm not getting it, but I'll, I'll be honest. Xenoblade is much better played on uh, the, with the Wii version. The new 3DS version doesn't really add anything. It's basically it's like the reverse of an HD remake. It is like <laughs> the SD downgrade. So that means so. Um, isn't isn't there aren't they making a game for the Wii U as well? Yeah, so that's Xenoblade Chronicles X, which comes out in Japan in April and then everywhere else sometime this year. Uh, I don't know how those games relate. Apparently, they're not really that associated at all. So, but yeah, I guess I, I guess I, was, I guess I'll buy a Wii that. U later on in the year. I thought you had one. No. Oh no, it's Brendan that has everything now. No, you have an Xbox One. Well, I I don't have the Xbox. Well, I bought the Xbox One. Like, I have that uh, too. Last month, I think it was. Did you like it? Yeah, I like it. I've been playing it more often than my PS4. Yeah. I bought Halo. the um, Halo Master Chief Collection for cheap. Oh my god, cool. so much fun. Team Snipers is up on multiplayer right now. Or matchmaking, whatever. So good. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> this but isn't yeah, my I Kingdom think... Hearts podcast anymore. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's, let's get back more to... It's more what are we doing with our games today podcast? Yeah, I, d- I just wanted to bring that up because... Uh... You know, Xenoblade has been a big part of my life this past week. Aww. It's a very long game, by the way. Uh, I checked how how long to beat.com, and apparently, like, if you're speedrunning it, you can finish it in, like, 50 hours. But if you do it, like, not even completionist. They said normal playthrough plus a little extra, meaning, like, doing a you know, few side quests here and there. They're, like, 120 hours. So, wow, that's like getting your money's worth right there. Yeah, so it's it's one of those games where it's like... It's, it's not of, like playing The Order, where it's only like, what, three, four hours? Yeah, like three or four hours. No, not, not like that at all. Before we continue, I feel like I feel like I just follow Brandon's advice. I'm telling you. Should, it's, you know, well, because now I'm playing... I I'm I actually played a bit of Phoenix Wright on my phone, and then now I did Isn't it awesome? See, it's so yes, good. Yes, everybody follow Brandon's <laughs> advice. You know, he should See, have his own Twitter account. This is apparently, Brandon, Brandon's yeah. advice. I'm telling you, if, if I... I honestly, I honestly don't play games as often as I used to. So I only play games that they're really, 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 really good. Uh, I'm not saying play everything I say to play. I'm just saying you might want to at least at least watch like a YouTube video of it because it's probably it's probably worth it. Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, and... KH2.co.uk. We have a three-segment show today. First, we have our news segment, and second, we have our Kingdom Hearts University segment, making a comeback. A lot of people like oh, it before. Oh, God. 
I mean, not even not even me who spent so much of his time in the Kingdom Hearts series. It's just like to me, I just feel like oh, you yeah. know, dumber it's, than I am. You know, it's okay. It's, it's, okay. it's a good it's a it's a good kind of thing because it's kind of like a like a reeducation course. You know? Exactly, like you retaking the class reminds again. you. It's it's a class that uh, where you go to get schooled. That's, yes, that's how I describe the hard way. It. Wow. It's the the whole idea of it is to go after the weakest points of the Kingdom Hearts storyline. Not necessarily weakest, but the the ones that are weakest in people's memory because they are very complicated and weird. And why would you ever remember that? Will it come up later? We don't know, but we're going to make sure you remember it. So that's what Kingdom Hearts Union is all. Kingdom Hearts University is all about. And uh, yeah, and finally, our last segment is our question segment, where we answer your questions. In the way of announcements, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. We talked about it a lot last episode. A lot of you guys have taken us up on that offer. Uh, if you really like our show, you know, definitely support us on Patreon. Uh, there's a lot of rewards here. And uh, we'll be talking about one especially today because one of our segments was made possible uh, by a Patreon uh, supporter. So uh, definitely Patreon is very important if you like this show, if you want it to grow, if you want us to be able to do more and more awesome things. Patreon is a way to support us and help us, uh, you know, keep growing the show, both Final Fantasy Union and Kingdom Hearts Union. So in the way of Patreon shoutouts, which you guys can get if you... Uh, so desire by uh, supporting us on Patreon. Our shoutouts today are Clay Kilo and Alan Chavez. So thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Patreon and supporting That's us. Great. We love you. And uh, just as a reminder, you guys can be a part of the show. Send your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. In our last segment, that is our question segment. That's where we answer the questions that you ask, and we can talk about whatever you guys want us to talk about. And finally, uh, as a reminder, as always, please subscribe to uh, Kingdom Hearts Union on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash vids. We upload this show there. You know, you might be listening to it there already, but if you're not, go there, subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff, uh, just to make sure that we are the biggest Kingdom Hearts podcast on YouTube as well as we are on iTunes. So that wraps up announcements and brings us to literally the most depressing news segment. I know, I right? I just sitting here reading it, reading the outline. Oh. I'm just like, my heart's like breaking every second. I know, oh my gosh. I know, seriously. So this is probably the worst news segment I could ever think of. Even worse than the news segment where we're like, Nomura's off Final Fantasy 15, but he's working on Kingdom Hearts 3, but this is way worse than that. So first... News bit just came in today on the day that we're recording. Uh, we just found out that Leonard Nimoy, uh, after 83 years of you know being on this planet and gracing us with his great talent at acting, poetry, and all the other cool stuff he does, uh, he did pass away. Uh, he passed away at the age of 83. Uh, if you don't already know, Leonard Nimoy, in the with respect to Kingdom Hearts, he was the voice of Zehnor, specifically Master Zehnor. And uh, he originally comes from, most notably, the role of Spock on Star Trek. He's a very, very famous actor, if you don't already know. You definitely yeah, should know. He's I such mean, an awesome it's guy. It's such a huge really, loss. Really, I remember sad. I started getting into Star Trek, like, in 95, 96. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I've been, like, hooked ever since. And I've always liked Spock, you know. And, and um, he's, such, he's such a cool guy. Like, if you just, like, see the stuff he reads, some of the talks that he's given... 
Like he's such a you know really bright guy and really nice guy. And he he loves you know he loves his character. He loves his fan base. The people that worship him that want to go see him. You know they loved they loved him. He was a really kind and respected you know human being and. It's just a huge loss. Yeah, absolutely. So we're really sad to see Leonard Nimoy go. Um, we're all big fans of him. So, you know, just really sad to hear about that. Another sad news and like really ironic, super sad news uh, on J- J- the Japan side. Chikao Otsuka uh, died at the age of 85 uh, on January 15th. He was the Japanese voice for Master Saiyanort. So... As it stands, we have no voices for Master Zehenor. They're going to have to find more voices for Master Zehenor. It's such a weird coincidence, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, a a, but it's just a sad part of life, you know? It's some... Yeah, exactly. Uh, just some interesting information about uh, Otsuka-san. Uh, he's actually the... Uh, uh, his son is also a famous voice actor who does uh, voice... Uh, uh, a character in Kingdom Hearts. You guys know, know who he voices? Mm-mm. Ansem. So, Akio oh, wow. Otsuka, who is the voice of Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, is, uh, is uh, you know, he, he voices that. He's also the voice of Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. So he's actually, they're both prolific uh, voice actors. And I actually found out that in the Japanese version of Metal Gear Solid, uh, Chikao Otsuka and uh, Akio Otsuka did the scene between Big Boss and Solid Snake. So they actually got to do a scene together. And Big Boss sort of like, well, spoilers, he is Snake's dad through weird cloning. And, you know, it's kind of cool that they got to do a scene together. Uh, it's such a powerful, you know, ending to a saga. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite games. So, yeah, both both uh, both voices for Masters Aeonor not around with us anymore. Real sad, you know. And this, you know, the kind of like really hard thing to do is you can't. Zehnor is not the type of character you can just write out. You know, he's he. They spent three, uh, technically four full games setting up his character uh, for Kingdom Hearts three. So, um, and like a lot of people say that, you know, how can you replace, you know, two great yeah. voice actors? You know, that plays a the main antagonist for this saga. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, Nomura actually did go out of his way on purpose to find both of these people. Uh, you know, if you can just imagine, uh, Chika Otsuka, he's the father of the guy who plays Ansem. Wonder why he picked Chika Otsuka, you know? And then Leonard Nimoy, he was chosen specifically by Nomura. He, if Nomura wants his... you specifically, then, you know, yeah. there's a purpose for it. So we'll have to see what they do and, in the future. And not only that... Uh... It's, didn't they say Nomura was a huge Star Trek fan too, as well? In addition to Star yeah. Wars, yeah, definitely, definitely. Just so we'll, amazing we'll talent see. is just gone, which is yeah, really sad. It's real sad. We'll have to see what they do. I mean, if I had to like throw my guess out there, at least for I have no idea for Japanese side, but if I had to guess for maybe uh, the English side, maybe I think his name's Corey Burton, the guy that does uh, Diz's voice now, uh, just because. Uh, you know, Christopher Lee, he's also in a similar position. Real old guy. He's still around. You know, he's still fine. One of my friends uh, pointed out they they should get, like, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. He'd be (laughs) a cool guy. But I don't don't know if he's got that real sinister, gravelly voice that Leonard Nimoy can pull out. I think with, at least with Corey Burton, you know, he's already doing Diz, and Diz, he's not 
he doesn't sound like Master Zehanort, but he's in a similar range, you know, vocal range. So I think uh, Corey Burton seems like uh, what you would... So, so in voice acting, there's like two main classes of voice actors. There's iconic voices. Uh, so you could think of people like James Earl Jones, who does, you know, uh, Mufasa and Darth Vader, for example. He's got one voice, and that one voice is awesome. And that's the only voice he does. It's that really cool, awesome, deep voice that he's got. Oh, Michael and Clark Duncan, he's got that yeah. deep voice too. Exactly. So there's there's character uh, there's voice actors that do uh, that have iconic voices, and that's the only voice they do. And then there's character voice actors, and these are people that have insane vocal ranges. They can do like any voice under the sun. You know, you give them a voice, they can figure it out. That's the kind of actor that they'll probably look for. And I think Corey Burton's probably a, a good choice because he's. Uh, not only does he do Diz, but throughout the entire Kingdom Hearts series, he's done uh, he's done Captain Hook, and Captain Hook is completely different from Diz. So that shows that he's got a lot of vocal range. And since uh, Master Zehanor is kind of in a similar vocal range to Diz, I think maybe that might be a good fit. But they could find anyone. I just hope that whoever they pick does justice to uh, the way Leonard Nimoy did it. Uh, just because, you know, it was a really iconic voice, really made Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance, you know, a special experience to finally have, like, a really all-star uh, voice talent back at the helm of the villain, you know. It was, you know, that's a really, that's kind of like a, a thing in the Kingdom Hearts series that anytime we have a villain, we've got to have, got to have someone really famous do it because, uh, you know, just just makes it a lot more menacing and a lot more imposing to have such a, you know, powerful voice behind uh, a villain uh, and so that pretty much wraps up those news topics but we do have one last real big downer this happened uh, this actually happened like right before our last episode came out but I still wanted to highlight it they talked about it on Final Fantasy Union but uh, on top of that uh, Monty Ohm uh, has passed away as well but he died a lot earlier he's only 33 he died from 33 years old severe allergic reaction to just a normal medical procedure, which is like yeah, it's that's, that's so crazy. unfortunate. I mean, something yeah. you go in is what everybody else does on a daily basis, and you know, yeah. it, it just shows how important you know how quickly you know. I mean, a life can end. You know, you just don't know. And fortunately, at least, uh, oh, um, like one of the things I liked about Money Om is that he's always said to always keep moving forward no matter what. Even if you fail, you know, progress is progress. I always liked his optimism and all that. I always liked, you know, his. I always appreciated his work, his talent. You know, this guy had amazing skills. Yeah, he definitely had, like, a really awesome outlook on life. Uh, and and for, for me personally, I've been following his stuff, you know, all the way back since he was doing Dead Fantasy and Hayward and all those. And uh, For me personally, who's, you know, growing up and trying to be an artist and learning about animation... Uh, looking at his stuff was a great inspiration because he was doing the kind of stuff I wish I could do. And, uh, you know, it was always really inspiring to see that. If you guys don't know, Monty Ohm is a, is, uh, what was a very uh, prolific uh, animator uh, that did uh, web videos. Uh, he's the creator of Ruby, R-W-B-Y. It's a pretty popular show. Uh, you know, you can see it on Crunchyroll and Rooster Teeth. Uh, but yeah, Monty Ohm, uh, prior to that, uh, he was doing this these really cool fan videos with these amazing fight choreo- uh, choreographies uh, between 
Dead or Alive characters, and then Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts characters. He was definitely a huge Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts fan. From what I remember, during the Rooster Teeth live stream of E3 uh, 2013, he actually like interrupted the stream, ran into the room, and you know was freaking out when uh, Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 sh- showed off. So. It's really sad that he's not going to be able to play Kingdom Hearts 3 or Final Fantasy 15, but, you know, just like with Chikawa's gun, Leonard Nimoy, it's really sad when, you know, people that are so talented, especially in Monsignor's case, who's really young, uh, it's really sad to, you know, to see them go. Left especially a wife when we're, and, yeah. like, a lot of good friends. Yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of really sad stuff happened over the past few weeks. Unfortunately, no, no, new, no real news out of the Kingdom Kingdom Hearts. No, uh, yet. No. It's more or less just talking about um, really great people. Yeah, yeah. So sadly, no real Kingdom Hearts related news other than sad stuff. You know, I mean, right now, right now it's just the focus is on Type Zero HD release and the Final Fantasy 15 demo, and um, hopefully, you know, the road to E3 is about three months away now. So. Gonna count sure, down those days. Yes, I officially got confirmed to go this year, so I'm hoping I can um, provide some good news at the event. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully we'll be seeing some Kingdom Hearts coverage there. Um, we'll, we'll have to see, but yeah, as of right now, uh, I don't, I don't really expect any real Kingdom Hearts news anytime soon. So don't, don't really look for it. I mean, it's like, I mean, look, you know. Keep, keep watching our Twitters and, you know, checking on YouTube and, you know, all your relevant gaming blogs and KingdomHeartsUnion.com. But I don't, I don't think there's really going to be anything too big other than maybe, like, you know, some random merchandise here and there. Uh, you know, like the King, Kingdom Hearts tribute album. Just have, like, low hope for it. Yeah, low Cause, expectations. Cause, yeah, because then you'll be like, oh my god, it's there. <laughs> Just remember, the last time we had really low expectations was E3 2013. That did us real well. So yes, and that. also don't believe don't believe a lot of things that you read, especially on sites that don't normally cover mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts news. I've been seeing a lot of people come to me saying um, Kingdom Hearts three is coming out, you know, in 2017 yeah. because this one site isn't that K-pop site, K- K-pop, K-pop drama, then, whatever. Yeah, then there's like two if more sites. Anything if you see anything from that website that yeah, that K-pop website. A K-pop website is not an authoritative source on video game news. Do not trust them. They are lying. And if they put Kingdom of Hearts on it, that's a big no. Yeah, then yeah. even it, <laughs> it even so goes angry. with uh, big sites like IGN, Kotaku. Like yeah. they'll they'll I, say something to say, spark a I'll debate. I'll say at least you know? at least with IGN and Kotaku, they do at least try to have some ethics. They don't. They won't knowingly lie about something. They'll just misrepresent something. Misrepresent, and, and they'll say something for to garner attention for hits. Yeah. So yeah, like I the, said, they're more clickbaity. But I would say they're more clickbaity, less just outright lying. Whereas K-pop drama, that's like though. Like the one advantage is that they have over Kingdom Hearts fan sites is that they have more access to interviews than we do. Yeah. So they do. that's really the only thing you should really look for is interviews by them. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, moving along to happier, happier thoughts. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I want to call this happier. It's going to be <laughs> more depressing for, for me. Happy You're probably for me. savvy, too. 
Well, we'll find out. We'll we'll be able to learn learn together in our next segment, which is Kingdom Hearts University. This uh, this segment is brought to you by our Patreon supporters, specifically William Helmert, that asked for this uh, particular subject. In this particular episode, we're going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts Key or Kingdom Hearts Chi, the game that nobody's playing apparently. And I I'm gonna... am terrible with the story, so I'm going to get everything wrong. Don't worry about I've, it. I like I said, I haven't really followed. And honestly, I haven't really followed until Namara said himself he's going to write the story and make it somehow fit with Kingdom Hearts 3. That's the only time don't I've worry, actually... Don't worry. So just uh, just, just FYI, the, we're going to have trivia questions this, this one, but none of them directly uh, expect that you have played Kingdom Hearts Key. I want to make it at okay. least a little fair. This is stuff okay, fair enough. associated nice. to Kingdom Hearts Key but in games that you would have played. So I'm trying to make it fair. Well, I mean, we're all going to learn Kingdom Hearts Key. It's kind of like, right now it still stands as kind of like the forgotten Kingdom Hearts game. There was one person on Twitter that um, summarized this entire segment very well, which is Brandon being trolls to Churro and Sabrina. (laughs) It's very true. It is. it's, It's kind of true, but it's not intentionally trolling. It's more like the best way to learn is to... To challenge, to challenge <laughs> your misconception. So it's better to you actually learn better if you say what you think it is, get it wrong, and then learn what it actually is because you'll actually remember it better. I did learn that. Uh, yeah, it's better to try school. and fail than to not try at all. Yeah, because you'll learn, you'll remember it better. <laughs> That's one of the things what Monty Ohm said, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, anyways. Welcome to Kingdom Hearts University, the segment of our show where you earn the PhD required to untangle the web that is the Kingdom Hearts storyline. Do you actually class. get a degree? Um, that is yet to be decided until you meet your credit requirements. Uh, I'm gonna have to be like taking this course over and over again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we'll we'll see how many times we offer this class. Well, if, if we do pass, we we finally be. This is like our version of the Mark of Mastery. Yes, this is like the Margo Master, pretty much. So this class is titled The Key Two Three, and key is spelled with a That's pretty weird good. X symbol. Uh, uh, you're specific- so funny. I know, I know. <laughs> but basically, the the sort of prompt for this particular segment that William Helmerich wanted us to cover, he wanted to know what the hubbub was about with Kingdom Hearts Key, and specifically, how does it relate to Kingdom Hearts 3 and the other Kingdom Hearts games? So that's why I wanted to call it The Key two three so moving along in this class we will learn about the kingdom hearts key storyline and how it fits within the uh well we'll learn about kingdom hearts key and how it fits into the kingdom hearts storyline as a whole and then obviously specifically how it relates to kingdom hearts 3 so reading voice time specifically Old lady voice. <clears throat> oh, God. Oh, man. Thanks, Kyra's no, grandma. <laughs> I, I would love for you to read the whole entire thing in that Oh, order. please. I'm okay. going to read this whole entire thing and nothing else. <laughs> right. I'll probably get arrested if I do this voice any longer. Okay, <clears throat> I'm setting the timer right now. Long Go, Kyra's grandma. <laughs> Long ago, people lived in peace, bathed in the warmth of light. Everyone loved the light. Then people began to fight over it. They wanted to keep it for themselves, and darkness was born in their hearts. The darkness spread, swallowing the light, and many people's hearts. It covered everything, and the world disappeared. 
but small fragments of light survived in the hearts of children. With these fragments of light, children rebuilt the lost world. It's the world we live in now. But the true light sleeps deep within the darkness. That's why the worlds are still scattered, divided from each other. But someday, a door to the innermost darkness will open, and the true light will return. So listen, child. Even in the deepest darkness, there will always be a light to guide you. Believe in the light, and the darkness will never defeat you. Your heart will shine with its power and push the darkness away. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You did it. You did it. Trivia. Churro. Oh, God. First trivia okay. question. What games has Kyrie's grandmother appeared in? Oh, snap. Oh, I know Birth by Sleeping, Kingdom Hearts 1. Yes. And then and? her... Kingdom... I don't... I... <laughs> Come on. You know it. You know it. I don't. There's one more. Is it is it a more most recent game or an older game? Recent. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Key. Yay! Yay! Oh, she's so, actually in Key. Damn. Yeah, she is. So basically, the Kingdom Hearts Key actually opens up with, pun intended, literally opens up as, with a pop-up storybook. And Kyrie's grandmother is telling this specific story to so wow. i thought it would be good, nice to open it up with that just to refresh everyone's minds with kind of nice particular too. story and yeah they set it up if you've seen the opening to kingdom hearts 3d it looks a lot like that where you know with the storybook opening up and then the pop-up uh storybook thing happens so you make like a that. good grandma Brendan. <laughs> I, I, I aspire to be a grandma one day Anyway, so uh, first things first, let's talk about what Kingdom Hearts Key is all about. So Kingdom Hearts Key is set a long, long time ago. This is the land of fairy tales uh, that Zekidor talked about in Birth by Sleep. Uh, this is set a long time ago in a town called Daybreak Town. Uh, Daybreak Town is sort of the hub world of the game and you know similar to like traverse town and twilight town in the past this is the hub world this is where all the keyblade wielders gather it's got really pretty music it's actually kingdom hearts key has three original songs by yokushima mora uh there's the daybreak town theme the daybreak town battle theme and uh there's a new dearly beloved there's always a new dearly beloved but uh you definitely definitely want to check out uh the daybreak town music it's really awesome and who knows if daybreak town might be in kingdom hearts three you never know you never know so this particular story is up until now i'm not so sure how it's gonna continue but up until now it is sort of treated like a fairy tale so things that happen in kingdom hearts key might be a little exaggerated they might be a little inaccurate and they might not necessarily have happened at all but the importance of the story is more in the general story that they tell about the Keyblade wielders. Because uh, basically... Um, because isn't that what like, fairy tales are? Pretty much exaggerated stories? Yeah, they're like exaggerated stories. This is like... Well, when we traditionally think of fairy tales, we think of like, you know, Mother Goose stuff, nursery rhymes. Those aren't necessarily fairy tales about events. This is more like mythology kind of like greek, greek mythology that you know in greek mythology they might actually cover real events but 
obviously it didn't happen the way it's stated in Greek mythology. This is sort of like Kingdom Hearts mythology in a way, but I think some of this stuff is a little bit more accurate than they lend you to think. It's a little bit complicated. We'll talk more about how real we're supposed to take this story in the future, and the fact that Nomura's writing it might change it a little bit. But as far as we know, it's sort of treated like a fairy tale in a way, uh, and it occurs during the time of the ancient Keyblade War, though I will be clear, so far in the Kingdom Hearts Key storyline, the Keyblade War has not happened yet. So this is prior to the Keyblade War, but this is the time period. So we're assuming that as the story progresses, the Keyblade War will eventually start. Uh, so in this game, you create your own Keyblade wielder. This is the first time in a Kingdom Hearts game where you actually can create your own character. Uh, in similar style to a lot of uh, create your own character games, the main protagonist that you're playing is a silent protagonist. So they don't speak, uh, kind of like, you know, Persona and, uh, you know, other games where you create your own character. This is not Commander Shepard from Mass Effect where he or she uh, has their own personality and dialogue and you sort of choose what they say. No, this is not like that at all. You are the player and, uh, you know, you're just one of a bazillion Keyblade builders. So just get it. Just enjoy that much. <laughs> And after, after you make your Keyblade wielder, you're supposed to choose a union, kind of appropriate, since this is the King Hearts Union podcast. Uh, no affiliation, by the way. Uh, and there are five unions. There's first the Anguis, which is based off of... Uh, oh, and by the way, all, all the unions have sort of like a an animal motif. So each, uh, each union has a leader uh, that has a outfit and a mask. And the mask looks like a particular animal. So the first one is the Anguis. Uh, they're snake-like, so they have a snake uh, sort of mascot. Uh, the next one is Leopardus. Uh, they're obviously the leopard. And there's the Unicorness, which are the unicorns. We've got Urus, which is the bear. And Vulpius, which is the fox. Reminds me of Vulpix from Pokemon. That's what I thought, too, when I read <laughs> Yeah, so I'm guessing these all have uh, Latin roots in their names, which isn't surprising. Like, go to every single Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts anything, and there's a lot of Latin influence in a lot of the naming. Uh, especially Final Fantasy XV. Good gracious, all those names are weird. But anyway, so you have five five main unions. Uh, when you start the game, you can choose uh, your union. Uh, I'm not sure how that relates now. It doesn't seem like from what I can tell, it hasn't really affected anything too much yet, uh, but it should in the future. In this game, the main goal of what you're doing throughout your gameplay is you're going to Disney World to collect what is called Lux, and uh, Lux is basically uh, sort of like an embodiment or uh, basically an embodiment of light in the world, so you can like pick up Lux and gain looks from by, uh, fighting uh, Heartless. By the way, there's Heartless in the game. So you're basically collecting Lux, your main goal is that you're going around collecting light to fight off the darkness. So real straightforward plot, you're going out collecting light to fight the darkness. Uh, currently, the four Disney worlds that have been included are Dwarf Woodlands, Wonderland, Olympus Coliseum, and Agrabah. Now, as far as I can tell, and this is going to be important for those of you that might be interested in playing Kingdom Hearts Key, there is a lot, a lot of Kingdom Hearts Key happens in these worlds, and not a lot of it so far has happened in Daybreak Town. Uh, and a lot of this 
stuff that is happening in these Disney worlds, if I was a betting man and was to say what parts of the story are less or more important, these Disney World parts feel the least important of all of them. Because honestly, they don't care about canonicity whatsoever when they go into these Disney worlds. Yeah. All of them, they're filled, well, for one, they're filled with emblem hardness, which obviously can't exist in this time plane unless Ansem somehow sent them back in time. Not impossible, might I add. Well, we but don't still, know that yet. We don't know that yet. They, this has not been covered, but so far has gone unexplained. That's a little weird. Another thing, you're going to worlds uh, that you've been to in previous Kingdom Hearts games, and you're meeting Aladdin, and you know you're meeting different characters that Sora talked to. But this is ancient times, so wouldn't they be dead by then? So, the canonicity of these particular segments are potentially disputed, but they do sort of address the nature of what these worlds are in the game. I won't talk about it right now specifically because that might be a little bit spoiler if you want to play. But I'm just going to be honest. If you're going to be playing this game, or if you elect to maybe look up the story online, like I was doing, but I was watching the entire playthrough just so I could get a full experience of it. If I would just recommend of these experiences, try to focus more on the Daybreak Town segments because the, so far the Disney segments haven't been too too interesting. I have I can't say anything about the gameplay. I'll be honest, I haven't played it. I haven't touched the gameplay. It looks, I don't know, it looks kind of click heavy. It does not look like the kind of game I would be interested in playing. I I've been focusing most of this on uh, story stuff, so we're just talking about story here, not judging the gameplay. But anyway, next trivia question: Savvy, what started the Keyblade War? What started the Keyblade War? What started the Keyblade War? I don't know. Was it like a struggle for power? Maybe. <laughs> that was a complete guess. <laughs> um, I guess. I know this. Okay. I think. Can 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 I use a lifeline? Can I use Chura? Sure. Chura, go. Was it was it a fought over the ownership of light? Yes. So, if you were paying attention to Kyrie's grandmother's story, <clears throat> everyone loved the light. Then people began to fight over it. So that was it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yep, so they fought over it, and guess what happened? They all messed everything up for everybody else. Exactly. So, uh, yes, yeah, so the start of the Keyblade War uh, was over the light. And that sort of leads us into our next segment, which is the connection to the far-reaching storyline of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and, and we'll be talking about specifically what kind of characters and people you'll be meeting in Kingdom Hearts Key if you so choose to follow along with it, which I would suggest it's a pretty interesting story. Uh, so first thing, we have Chirithi, who is this cute anthropomorphic Scottish Fold cat familiar that acts as your helper uh, as the player. You know, when you're the player, you know, you've got a familiar. By the way, if you don't know RPG speak, or fantasy speak, a familiar is like a spirit that you can summon, sort of like follow you around. That's basically what a familiar is. Uh, if you've ever played Skyrim and summoned those wolf ghost thingies to attack your foes, those are familiars. Personas and persona, those are familiars. They go by different names, but they're all the same thing. They're like Pokemon, <laughs> but, but ghosts, kind of. Uh, so uh, Chirithi is a familiar. I'm not going to say specifically what he is, 
because that's a spoiler, but he we'll just say he's a familiar. And you can sort of, if you look into the Kingdom Hearts storyline of what familiars are or how they've been represented, you might be able to guess what it is. But um, Chirithi's a familiar. He's a cute Scottish Fold cat, apparently inspired by real Scottish Fold cats that Nomura adopted uh, recently. He's got two, so that's uh, that's where he got. So the... pretty much whatever Nora <laughs> Nomura wants <laughs> so to put in from his own person. I mean, it was kind of made obvious when uh, they asked him that question at the launch event. So whatever yeah. inspires Nomura will more likely be in the game. Uh, yeah, and honestly, having a, a Scottish Fold cat specifically is really, really specific. It's a really specific thing. Obviously, it's going to be based off something in Nomura's life. So I think he's cute. cute. And and just a little bit of uh, some interesting things about Chirithi. Every single player that that is in there, they call them players, by the way. A little bit weird, but they call them players. But they're Keyblade wielders. All the Keyblade wielders have a Chirithi, and they all call each other Chirithi, and they all look the same. So every there isn't one character named Chirithi. Chirithi is sort of this omni, omnipresent, multiply existent spirit that you can summon. You could sort of imagine like, kind of like the opposite of how Final Fantasy X dealt with summons. Uh, in Final Fantasy X, when you ever fought, whenever you fought a summoner, and let's say hypothetically speaking, they summoned Ifrit, then Yuna was not allowed to summon Ifrit too because that soul was being used so that's why Yuna couldn't summon Ifrit while the other person was summoning Ifrit. In this instance there are many of these spirits uh, presumably infinite as many as there are Keyblade wielders. So uh, there isn't one Chirithi, everybody's got a Chirithi, everybody's got a Pikachu basically. And another interesting point is that as a familiar uh, when the player is if the player is either consumed by darkness or vanishes the Chirithi fades away. And they show this in the most like depressing cutscene ever, where a Chirithi is walking down the street and sees another Chirithi like basically dying. He's like, Oh, my player disappeared. I'm going. There's no reason for me. Uh, and he fades away into light. Basically, this is an in-game thing that says, You better play this game every day, or you're gonna make a kitten die. <laughs> it's yeah, literally so it's kind of like playing Animal Crossing. That's literally That's what mean. the game is. So, so cruel. I don't know. As a game mechanic, I think it's kind of cruel, but it kind of makes sense because it's like it's like a free to play game. So the way they make their money is to make sure you play as much as possible. Well, that's how so, like iOS and Facebook games were back in the day. Yeah. And so then like then you had games like Animal Crossing. You had to keep mm-hmm. playing. <laughs> so if you don't play Kingdom Hearts Key, your tree repeat dies. Mm. Anyways, moving along to less less weird animal cruelty things. Uh, there's a there's a character. Well, they don't really they have yet to give this person a name, but I'm just going to call them the creator. And they're they basically created Chirithi. So um, so he created the familiar Chirithi that all the Keyblade wielders have. And uh, more importantly, uh, he appointed disciples specifically he has six disciples and he gave five of them what are uh, these books known as books of prophecy Uh, and basically these followers of his that receive the book of prophecy uh, they are called the foretellers so kind of interesting there so far the sixth disciple has yet to be mentioned 
but we may have seen glimpses of him recently <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts Key. When, there was no uh, dialogue during that scene, so it's not, not clear. From what we do know, there are at least five foretellers that, uh, so five of his disciples were good enough to get the Books of Prophecy. And uh, basically, the foretellers, as I said before, five of the six uh, of the creator's disciples, each of them uh, has a Book of Prophecy and is in charge of one of the five unions. So, like I said before, you've got your uh, Anguis, your Leopardus, your Unicornus, Urus, and Vulpius. Uh, the leaders of those groups are the foretellers. So they're around, they're still alive, they're with you, they're basically your boss, whoever you choose to align yourself with. While the unions all have the same goal, which is fighting, fighting the darkness back using light, they all are sort of opposed. So they all have their own opinions on how they're supposed to do things, and basically you can sort of see the seeds of how the Keyblade War sort of, sort of happens when you look back at... Uh, Kyrie's grandmother's story. So you've got all these political factions of, you know, intrigue that are thinking of different ways of dealing with uh, the darkness using light. And they're all sort of kind of against each other, but not really. They sort of technically have the same goal. But um, yeah, they're all sort of rivals. Uh, the next thing, specifically the Book of Prophecy, which is very important. They were addressed. I won't say specifically how or who, but they were addressed in King Hearts 2.5. If you have played it and watched the recoded cutscenes. The books of prophecy are basically books that foretell all future events and ultimately predict, and this is talking about after Kingdom Hearts, what we know, ultimately predict that the light will be fully consumed by the darkness. That light, specifically they say that light will be annihilated by the darkness. And this sort of refers to the events of Kingdom Hearts 3. So Kingdom Hearts Key predicts that Sora and company are going to lose, basically. So, yeah, kind of, kind of an, interesting, uh, an dilemma. interesting idea. Yeah, a big dilemma. The Books of Prophecy that, as far as we know, were very, very accurate, predict that Sora loses. And finally, uh, we'll be talking about an interesting character. The first unique named character, I won't talk about too much about him, uh, but there's a character called Ephemera, who's a white-haired uh, male Keyblade wielder uh, that joins you uh, and goes on a couple of missions uh, with your Keyblade wielder, whatever you call them. And uh, basically this mysterious Keyblade wielder is from another union, and they team up with you. And it's kind of interesting, uh, an interesting dynamic, because typically uh, unions don't work with each other, because like I said before, they're sort of uh, at odds with each other. So the fact that Ephemera sort of uh, pulls out the olive branch and says, hey, you know, there's something weird going on. Let's go do this mission that I won't be talking about. Spoilers. But yeah, so it's kind of interesting. So Ephemera, that's a new character. I won't say what happens to him or anything, but yeah. Uh, cool character, mysterious Keyblade wielder from another union that helps you out. So that pretty much covers up a lot of uh, what I wanted to talk about and basically sets up should set up a good idea of where Kingdom Hearts Key sits in the storyline. Honestly, not much has happened. There have literally... All that I've talked about right now was covered in like three cutscenes and one mission. Of course, they're, they're taking their time with it. I mean, yeah. I think that once Kingdom Hearts 3 news picks up and we get more information on the story, mm -hmm. I think Kingdom Hearts Key story is going to start picking up. But like right yeah. now where they... I don't want to spoil anything, but right now where they stopped at 
based on translations, it's starting to get really good right now. Yeah, big, big plot stuff, big cliffhangers. But yeah, not much is going on. I, it's my honest opinion that if you're really wanting to get into this, I would suggest maybe waiting a little bit just because there's really not that much main plot stuff. If you just want to like get into it now just to catch up and you know get a feel for the battle system, you can. Uh, by the way, King Hurtsky is it is a free browser game. Just be aware that this is a Japanese game. does not have any translation officially. Um, there's translation guides out there. So you can go look online, how to play King Hurtsky, uh, and you know, you'll have some guides on how to make... I think you have to make like a Yahoo account, and then you can play it. But, uh, my personal recommendation is to wait... You know, wait for either an official release or wait for more stuff to happen. Uh, there's a lot of cool Let's Plays online uh, uh, that uh, I've, I've actually started translating into English and have actually been overlaying the text boxes that are in there with English text. So you can watch it at, at your leisure in English. So if you want to do that, that's that's what you can do. I did that. That's how I prepared for this, uh, full disclosure. So I haven't played it. I wasn't looking to review the game. Just looking to review the story. I mean, Square Enix still has yet to announce a Kingdom Hearts game for this year. So yeah, be... so possibly, possibly Kingdom Hearts Key might be getting some kind of release. I wouldn't be surprised if it was on iPhone, but we'll have to see. Churro. Ah. One last trivia question: What happened to Kingdom Hearts and the Keyblade after the Keyblade War? After what happened to Kingdom Hearts and the Keyblade? The Keyblade? Didn't the Keyblade get destroyed and Kingdom Hearts fell into darkness? That is right. Exactly right. Specifically. Cool, I'm three for three today. Three for three. In ancient times, people believed believed that light was the gift from an unseen land by the name of Kingdom Hearts. But Kingdom Hearts was safeguarded by its counterpart, the Keyblade. Warriors vied for that precious light, thus beginning the Keyblade War. The violent clash shattered the Keyblade into 20 pieces, 7 of light and 13 of darkness. And the only real Kingdom Hearts was swallowed by the darkness, never to surface again. That was Master Xehanort. (laughs) Sounded like a pirate. A little little bit. bit. But yeah, basically, basically... Uh, Kingdom Hearts was engulfed in darkness after the Keyblade was shattered into 20 pieces, 7 of light, 13 of darkness. If you played Kingdom Hearts 3D, you already know that. So, and that's where you know Kingdom Hearts was when in the first Kingdom Hearts. It was in a big old thing of darkness. Yep, big old thing of darkness. I wonder if that was the real Kingdom Hearts. It seems like that fits the bill, but I wouldn't be surprised if Namor was like... I don't, I don't, from what I recall, I don't think they made it that to be the real Kingdom Hearts. I think they, it they, they did, because they, they did change it to the heart-shaped moon in Birth by Sleep. Yeah, Slate. they suddenly changed it, oh, now it's a heart-shaped moon. Or, I mean, maybe what they could do is, like, it didn't surface again, but that door, if you were to go into the door and search far enough, maybe you would have found Kingdom Hearts beyond that door. Maybe the door itself was Kingdom Hearts. Maybe that that's the way they could word it. And maybe, uh, it's kind of interesting. I think, you know, reviewing this, it's kind of interesting to see how Nomura is taking um, things that he's written in the previous games and using them to create new uh, new plot lines. Because, uh, you know, if you look at Kyrie's grandmother's story, the entire plot 
the original reason for this being written is to explain what happens to Sora uh, when he becomes a Heartless. You, you know, a lot of this stuff does tie into the Keyblade War, but specifically the way it was written was to explain how uh, when Sora becomes Heartless and how, you know, the door is opened, the, the door to the innermost darkness will open. That's what happens in Hollow Bastion. The whole world gets flooded in darkness and really strong Heartless appear everywhere. And uh, don't worry, child, your heart will shine with its power and push the darkness away. That explains what happens when Kyrie hugs Sora as a heartless and turns it back into a human. So this story was not written originally for Kingdom Hearts Key. It wasn't originally written for the Keyblade War. Don't misconstrue it. But it is interesting that he's been able to you know, take the storyline and rework it and make it into something that feels... Uh, like it's coherent, like it fits, like it's all cohesive. I really like that. I think that the way he's working the story now feels a lot more cohesive than, you know, back when Kingdom Hearts 2 is around and how instead of making it feel co Kingdom Hearts, instead of making Kingdom Hearts 2 feel cohesive with Kingdom Hearts 1, it felt at odds with Kingdom Hearts 1 because it was like, oh, remember your villain? Oh, nope, he's not your villain anymore. Oh, that guy was dumb. Forget oh, that guy. Switch. Yeah, this whole bait-and-switch stuff. <laughs> so instead of being at odds with the original games, Kingdom Hearts Key and these newer games are best friends with the original games. You know, Kingdom Hearts Key is a story all based on this, you know, Kyrie's grandmother story and all that. So I really like that even though, you know, Kingdom Hearts Key wasn't thought of specifically in this way from, you know, from the very beginning, you know, they're doing a really good job of tying it in I think it's gotten a lot better than it was before. So just something interesting. So that's pretty much Kingdom Hearts University uh, for this episode. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with our question segment. And just as a reminder, if you guys want your questions on the show, you can email us at khuquestions at gmail.com. Uh, and you can also post uh, some questions on kingdomheartsunion.com in the forums if you so like. But just saying preferential treatment to the email just because it's a little bit easier. Uh, for me to get to. So first question comes from Eduardo Mesa, and Eduardo asks, do you think Final Fantasy 13 characters will appear in Kingdom Hearts 3, or do you think they'll skip them in favor of Final Fantasy 15 characters in order to promote Final Fantasy 15? I don't think it's more of a choice of uh, skipping, or, you know, it's more if can no more fit these characters in the story. Because mm -hmm. yeah. as we know that a lot of these characters aren't the same as their original counterparts, mm -hmm. so they're this is their own you know their own background, their own character in the Kingdom Hearts series. So it, you know there's some instances where I mean the original Kingdom Hearts, Nomura said that he only included his because he understood the backstories of each characters he made, mm -hmm. and then in Kingdom Hearts two it became more you know apparent that he can choose other Kingdom Hearts characters due to either. A popular demand by his staff or mm -hmm. fans or you know it, it just i think it just all comes down to can Namara fit these characters and kingdom hearts yeah and, and sort of going off of you know that idea that the characters are going to be different from what they're originally like you know they always take uh you know they sort of take inspiration from mm -hmm. how they're originally like and then they sort of make a new character that's you know that's that's based off of them uh, I, I would honestly say, I don't know about 13 characters, that's that's sort of up in the air, but I would say with 15 characters, I'm not sure anymore. 
I used to think they were a dead ringer, but now that Nomura was kicked off that project, I don't know anymore. Like, maybe? Because Nomura, like, of all the Final Fantasy characters ever, Nomura is the most involved with these ones, the Final Fantasy XV characters, because he was the director of that one. He created the characters. He drew the characters. Like this, this was like this was his Final Fantasy. I mean, I mean, if if, well, I mean, in the reality sense that, like you said, Nora's more involved than I mean, even though he did draw the thirteen characters, but he only did like the main concept arts. Yeah. yeah. So story wise, it was all yeah. everyone else. Yeah, but fifteen's more like his characters, his mm-hmm. characters' backgrounds, the story, everything around it. I would say that, I mean, to answer this question, I would say, I would probably say 15 probably has a bigger chance to sh- characters yeah. to show up. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe by the time, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 is ready to go, you know, he'll sort of have, maybe he'll have cooled off by then and be able to include them. Anyway, Charo, you want to take this next one? This one's by Alex Troutman, and they ask, how bad do you think it'll be for Lee when he says, when he sees Ven again in Kingdom Hearts 3? Okay, I need... I need something to be put into perspective because I can't. Yeah, it's a little like, strange. So I don't, I don't know. If, I don't think. Yeah. Did Lee ever see Ven? I, well, I guess he did. He, he saw, did in uh, Birth by Sleep. Kind so, of. He kind of saw. He sort of saw a vision of Ven. Yeah. Well, he saw. So no, he looked at Shion and saw Ven. Yeah, he kind of did. But like, that's that's the only time he actually saw. He saw an image of Ven. Oh, what no what, no that was wasn't that uh Zigbar that saw but wasn't wasn't axel also there no he was knocked out and then um okay. when uh Xion had that saw. angry look he saw for an instant he saw ventus and he because re- yeah. he saw that same look that he gave him uh, so i think he was morely talking about birth by sleep when lee and ventus met in radiant garden when they gotcha. were younger oh right, right 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 yeah so that okay that's what he means so there's that and then there's also like the fact that he like looks identical to Roxas. That's also kinda of weird. Well probably like he, he pro obviously won't call him Roxas. Yeah. But like I mean I, I w- But I think it's more like a bittersweet yeah. thing. I wonder if he it remembers always it. Is. I, 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 remembers I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him if event. he I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Lee if he actually calls him uh Roxas at least one time. Yeah. Yeah. They have to they have to Wait, yeah. but if they go back to like their regular mm. self do they remember yeah, they anything? remember everything they did that's their time i i just wonder yeah I, I wonder how lee's going to to process that you know is he going to see maybe maybe you know it's kind of like one of those things where uh you know when you meet like a pair of twins for the first time and they look identical to you but if you know them for a really long time you can tell them apart like like nothing and maybe maybe lee knows Roxas so much and maybe he like connected with Ven on such a deep level that he knows them so well and maybe he's the only one that can tell them apart because like he's so uh you know he had such a strong bond with Roxas and even though it was short maybe he had a really strong bond with Ven as well so I don't know maybe an idea but it'll definitely be weird like whatever happens because yeah he, he looks like his best friend and they were they had like one encounter that was kind of cool in Breath by Sleep. I don't know. Anyway, and Sabrina, let's uh, let's wrap this out. Take this last one. All right, uh, Nico Gonzalez. He asked, "What exactly is the realm of sleep?" I felt KH3D made it confusing to understand what exactly it is. 
I understand it contains sleeping worlds, but Traverse Town was in it, so that world sleeping so too. So I had to look this up. This was my <laughs> this was my Kingdom Hearts University question, um, and specifically, <laughs> you know, the Kingdom Hearts wiki definition: realm of sleep is basically so when in Kingdom Hearts, when all the worlds were in, engulfed in darkness, or for worlds that were engulfed in darkness and were not restored after Kingdom Hearts one, those worlds are not still in the darkness they are in what is known as a sleeping state they are and those worlds that are in the sleeping state are in what is known as the realm of sleep so these are worlds that uh were uh engulfed in darkness and were not successfully restored in kingdom hearts one so there are worlds like that and that was like you know the three musketeers three musketeers world uh the entire world of uh what, what's the face pinocchio that world I forget what they I forget what they call it. Notre Dame Pranks, and Pranksters Paradise. Pranksters Paradise. That, that's the one. So those worlds were engulfed in darkness, but were not successfully brought back after Kingdom Hearts one. So that's that's the realm of sleep. Now the question of Traverse Town is kind of an interesting one. Uh, that's actually not been addressed. If that world was sleeping or engulfed in darkness, there are some theories. One of the theories is that uh, because Traverse Town is composed of people from many worlds after kingdom hearts one when everyone was returned back to their home world they didn't need traverse town anymore um so maybe after that traverse town was returned to the world of sleep the other idea is that because traverse town appears for those who don't have a world maybe uh characters that go to the realm of sleep that don't belong there appear in traverse town because traverse town just responds when uh, there's people in a realm and there's no world for them, so Traverse Town just shows up. So that would explain why uh, Sora and Riku and all the people from the world that never was were there because they don't belong in any of those Disney worlds, so they show up in the realm of sleep and boom, Traverse Town's there. So that's an idea. So those are two different ideas, but uh, much like a lot of things, that specifically was not addressed. And at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3D, um, Sora goes to Traverse Town uh, to meet with Dream Eaters again. And to say goodbye. To say goodbye. And thank and, them. Yeah, and to thank them. So, uh, And as far as we know, Dream Eaters supposedly only appear in places that are in the realm of sleep. So uh, that would sort of allude to the fact that Traverse Town is in the realm of sleep. Why it's there, not clear. Is it the same Traverse Town that we went to? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, if you say, you know, maybe it wasn't Traverse Town that we knew, and that would explain why there are additional areas in that Traverse Town that we we were never able to go to before, it's a little bit unclear. But uh, some other interesting things about the Realm of Sleep, um, and this sort of ties into Kingdom Hearts Key, basically... Worlds... I was going to say some... Uh... I was like, I was gonna tease. I'll be like, there's some major spoilers in there, but I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go for the spoiler <laughs> route. But I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say something, and it'll sort of better help you to maybe understand what's going on in Kingdom Hearts Key. So there's an interesting property of worlds in the realm of sleep is that they can remember people that have been there and can sort of recreate events. So we see this in the Three Musketeers world. Sora goes to the Three Musketeers world and he sees 
uh, Goofy and Mickey and Donald, but they're in the real world. So how can they be there? Well, they're they're basically dreams of that world. So that could potentially explain what is going on in the Disney world of Kingdom Hearts Key. So potentially those worlds that they're visiting are dream versions of those worlds. And that's why Aladdin can be there and why uh, Alice can be in you know, Wonderland. I, I don't know. I didn't really follow Wonderland storyline too much. The, the, Cheshire, the Cheshire Cat was there, and I know for sure the Bunny Rabbit, the White Rabbit was there. Uh, I don't remember Alice. I know Cloud was in Coliseum, but it's a little bit inconsistent because with Kingdom Hearts 3D, the way the Realm of Sleep works was it was remembering things. So it was remembering things that had happened in the past, but these worlds are remembering things that happened in the future. But that could sort of be explained with, oh, well, the way these worlds are being created is because these guys, uh, these foretellers have the books of prophecy, so they know everything that happens in the future. So these create, they're creating future worlds. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's a little unclear. But that may, this whole idea of sleeping worlds and worlds in books have been addressed in two games. You might want to look into them. Recoded and... 3D might be good places to start and might explain the nature of a certain familiar. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, let's just, just end it right there before yeah. we actually cross into spoiler territory. Yeah, before we cross into spoiler territory. Honestly, even if you get the spoiler, there's not, not so little of Kingdom Hearts Key's main storyline has happened. This is like, you know, spoiling the first couple of hours of Kingdom Hearts 2. It sucks, but eh, you know, there's so much more to, there's so much more story to be told. So, if you get any spoilers now, honestly, you're not missing out much yet. There's still so much more to tell. The Keyblade War has, the Keyblade War has not started yet. So, anything that we know now isn't really as consequential because you know, there's still bigger stuff to be told that we know for sure will happen. So that pretty much wraps up our last segment. So moving on to our music for this show, we have a lovely, and I mean lovely, and I mean really, really lovely cover of Simple and Clean. I know we had a Simple and Clean cover last time, but like this time, like seriously, I had to put this on the show. No, uh, no excuses. Uh, so this is a Simple and Clean cover by Marie, M-R-E-E. This girl has the voice of an angel. And, I and I'm telling you, when I recommend video games, <laughs> when I recommend musicians, I don't normally recommend musicians. I recommend Kyle Landry all the time, and I'm, I'm serious yeah, no, about that. I know, right? <laughs> and this this girl, I give her the same sort of praise, but not, not necessarily for piano, but for uh, singing. I think she could play piano, too. You know who your I true know. love is. I know, right? I anyway. cheating on him. Cheating on him. <laughs> it's not us. It's not know, right? you know, It's heartbreaking to know that. How I'm just saying. Oh, Marie, she's got a good voice. Seriously. If you don't normally listen to music in our music segment, make this the exception. You'll definitely... I've been listening to it a lot. Just saying that. But Cheryl sings for you like I all know. the time. I know, I right? I, I mean, he God. should feature me singing one I'm still one waiting on my Katy Perry cover <laughs> at E3. I'm just saying. Well, um, <laughs> You're going. Uh, yeah, but Nomura might be there. I need to look good for him. Oh, well. You better, you better, better step up your step up your A game. You know. Anyways, <laughs> moving on into our outro. Our next Kingdom Hearts meeting is scheduled for the thirty first of March. So yes, you are hearing that right. There's going to be another episode in the same month as this episode. Yeah, we do it on a four week rotation. So 
It's just how it works this month. And as a reminder, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy Union and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we are number one. Number one. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids or KH2.co.uk. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com. Uh, slash FFKHUnion, and you can send us your questions if you want to be featured in the question segment at k2questions at gmail.com. So that pretty much wraps up our special episode. A lot of sad stuff to talk about, a lot of cool stuff yeah. to talk about, a lot of stuff to learn. You know, this is good stuff to learn, stuff. especially for those who haven't played Kingdom Hearts Key. I actually, I've been seeing a lot of people ask about Kingdom Hearts Key lately since it's been kind of getting involved with kingdom hearts 3 so it's kind of a nice way to you know talk about it yeah and honestly if kingdom hearts key is the type of game you'd be interested in i would say highly highly recommend watch a couple of videos of someone playing it just to see if if it's the sort of thing you'd like i would just say personally it wasn't my cup of tea but i could see uh you know there's some people that might uh enjoy this sort of game but i would say either way uh if you're you know real hardcore kingdom hearts fan you have to have to know about the story it's going to be important so, you know, the fact that they're adding the scenes to, you know, re- the recoded movie just to highlight the fact that this is going to be important. You know, there's a scene in the recoded movie that directly relates to s- stuff that's happening in King Hearts Key. If they're going at that length to force animators to animate a scene, if they're spending money like to animate that, it's going to be important. So just saying. So, yeah, a lot of exciting things coming up. Type Zero. Final Fantasy 15 demo. That's not this show, but we're going to we're probably going to talk about it anyway because it's cool. Oh yeah, we're going to talk. Yeah, about if you if if you're new to the show, we always go off topic and talk about other games. Uh, well, I it mean, comes out two days after. Play, my play, please don't blame us because reality there hasn't been really any Kingdom Hearts news to talk about. Yeah. So nothing except for like the fake stuff that's been out there that's been yeah, messing me off. We don't we don't uh, <sighs> we don't delight in discussing rumors, and we won't give them any coverage. We only talk about stuff if it's important. So while this podcast isn't people saying Kingdom of while this Hearts. podcast you know it only comes out once a month so far uh, and we can't necessarily be always topical and quick we will always only tell you uh, what we know for sure what we know is true and if we ever address rumors we will be very clear that it is a rumor so anyway I think it's about time to say your goodbyes so say your goodbyes bye guys it's been fun bye I hope it comes okay so typo comes out two days after my birthday and hopefully they ship it early and hopefully it comes on sunday so i can start i hope it comes it. early on my ber- like two days before like what was it like i got the 2.5 collector's edition at least uh four day four or five days before the release oh man that's awesome i want i don't, I don't think the demo is going to be released early because that's digital but you at least yeah i think that demo will be like like you can you could probably like i bet you you can't redeem it till the 17th yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, and then usually they update, like, for us, it's like 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's, yeah, that's how they always update all the PlayStation yeah. stuff. I got my time. order from so. from Amazon. I'm basically, on, on the 17th, my, my, my computer doesn't exist. The internet does not exist. I will not look at the internet until I get my hands on it and play through the entire demo. Then I can look at the internet because I'm not I'm not really too concerned about Type Zero because that I mean I'm excited about Type Zero but that game's been out forever so what's honestly what new will be I've never played it. I haven't played it either. 
So yeah, we're excited for it. No, I said I'm not worried about spoilers for Type Zero because if I was going to get spoiled, I would have been spoiled already because the the entire game's already out there. So yeah, I'm just I'm just saying for spoilers. I'm excited for Type Zero. I want to play, and I'm also hoping to finish Xenoblade in time. Anyway. Say your goodbyes again, because it's been forever. Say goodbye. <laughs> For the first we need goodbye. time goodbye. Goodbye. I'll promise to try to stay, uh, like, be on here more. It's been busy, okay? Being a student. Say goodbye again. Bye. I'm Brandon. Saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.
Like me.